Now tuning in to Earbud Media, audio for everyone. excited to be at a point when I'm like in my official studio space and it's not as echoey as it probably is going to be today. Ooh. Yeah. We got a bitch with a studio over here. Okay, well technically okay. it's called the den, but Okay. And it will be Okay. It will be the stude. So okay. It'll work out great. Wow. It'll also be hopefully the place where the cats will chill. So they're and it will also be, be the red room of pleasure. Well, also that you know, what I mean? it's it's a multi-use space. Yeah, the true definition of a multi-purpose room. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I like to multitask, and maybe it'll all be happening at once. You know what I mean? Just be on hey. my elliptical, making it work. That's your Gemini fantasy, right there. You're not wrong. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> My Gemini Sun Scorpio Moon fantasy is just stop. Oh my god! I stop. Listen, you were the one that sent me information earlier, being like, "When were you born?" So, <laughs> also one of the first things that I unpacked yesterday was obviously um, all of my Twilight memorabilia. But after that, listen, it's how you how many boxes that take up. I don't. I plead the fifth. Um, <laughs> you know, you have to legally on this podcast. Um, that's true. If there was ever a time. I would, I mean, like a, a box. What size okay. of box? I'm not going to answer. Uh, but a box. Uh, <laughs> the size of your box. You know, a box. It's <laughs> 50 feet tall. You know, like a box, like the out of the box box. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like yeah. a home size box. But the other thing that I unpacked second was this tome that I was gifted by one of our friends, Mel, which is, it has like every birth date of the year that tells you, it just like reads the shit out of you. And is like, this is the day you were born and here's all the good things about you. And here's all the bad things about you. And it's like my coffee table book because it's how I make friends with people. I just bring it to parties (laughs) and I'm like, do you want to be friends? I'll tell you what is your sign. (laughs) Then I can tell you your deepest insecurities. (laughs) And then I'll just tell you about all of your complexes. So yes, that was two. Those are the things that I unpacked first and foremost. And then also my fan because it's hot as hell. Here in Seattle. I un- literally I moved here on the hottest day of the year. And ninety two degrees. Which is not hot That's everywhere nice. else, but here in the Yeah, don't PNW. be a fucking heat snob where you're like, Yeah, I live in a thousand degree fucking wherever. Shut up. Yeah, like stop. I grew up temperatures relative. <laughs> We're all dying. It's fine. It's <laughs> California's literally on fire. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, we're all on fire. It's fine. The problem is, like, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest my whole life, where summers here really were like 70, 80 degrees most for most of my yeah. life, and now it's like getting properly hot, and I don't know how to get used to it. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna whine about it. It's fine. Like, don't worry about it. But it's great. Cody, hi. Yeah. Welcome to Into the Twilight. What's up? Oh, 
Honestly, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to being my guest for the past two years. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering what I was going to be on, you know? Yeah. How are you doing this evening? I'm great. Um, a little bit of transparency here. Oh. I did uh, watch this movie right before recording. Oh. Um, and I did drink a couple of brews during that. Ooh. And I might have continued that trend into this current recording. <laughs> I am so excited. So we're going to have a very legal, very fun little tipsy pot. It's going to be fun. We're going to have fun. Yeah. Everyone, I know this is coming out on a Monday morning, but <laughs> have something warm to drink with us. You know? Sure. I mean, yeah. I'm having the biggest hydro flask possible of ice water right now. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? As we're sipping along, sip with us. Yeah. Stay hydrated. Sip. Yeah. So enjoy that. Um, I think that we talked about this for two years now, I think, of having a, a tipsy pod. Um, and <laughs> The time has come, ladies. And we're here. as we all know, like the true gremlin I am, anytime past 7 p.m., I am a wild child. So this is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> so it should be lovely. So yes, as you will tell, obviously, because we talked about this last week, we're going to be talking about the Fifty Shades of Grey movie today, which yeah. I watched last night it was my first full night in my apartment and the first thing that i asked um my boyfriend night to do was to watch the what a better way to christen your space right um we had all of our windows open and i was like hello neighbors hear me talk about (laughs) sex please um which is my brand in a nutshell so it's fine you're asserting your dominance in your space (laughs) like no this is what the fuck is going on it's the biggest power move that's it. Um, <laughs> this is what we're doing. And he was very kind to me because I didn't have my dongle for my HDMI cord. And so we used his laptop. And we're going to talk about the fact that we had the unrated versions later on. But um, he looked at me because he watched it with me. And so he looked at me and he was like, I'm making an investment for you. And he bought the, <laughs> the entire series um, of oh, all three what? movies on unrated. So now we have all of them. Um, but he did that. And so I'm very excited to see how it impacts his ads on his computer, um, moving forward. So that's very great. Um, but yes, good things. I'm very excited for, um, we have some fantastic current events today, including, um, but not limited to an email that we received by a fantastic listener named Jen. Um, that sent two very important emails to us about the same um, content that I would love to share with you. Um, so Jen first sent her um, the Twilight fangirl story that they have. So this is very important. Um, the first email that they sent was very long and then with lots of compliments. So Jen, thank you very much, but I'm not going to um, bore all of our listeners with that. So, But we appreciate it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Here is Jen's Twilight fangirl story, TM. My Twilight fangirl story, TM, began when I was 10 and my aunt gifted me the books. At first, I literally judged the book by its cover and thought it was lame. And when I started reading, I was so bored I could barely get through the first four or so chapters. But then I started to pick up and I was addicted. Like, that was shit, y'all. 
Um, all the books were out by then, and so I ran through them pretty quickly. And at the time, my literal 10-year-old brain didn't know yet how problematic different aspects of it were, of course. Anyway, I needed more. Twilight was my life. I needed that content, TM. So about a month after my 11th birthday, I Googled something along the lines of Twilight stories, in quotes, and my introduction to fan fiction and fandom happened. LMAO, I was too young. So I promise the story has a point, because during that time, I was mostly obsessed with stories about the wolf pack, specifically original characters being imprints. I also wrote fanfiction, which I will get to later. But I still looked through the Bella Edward tag every so often, and once I stumbled upon a story called Master of the Universe. It had a really high review and like rate, so I thought I would give it a try. It only took me halfway through the first chapter for my then 12 or 13 year old brain to think the writing was shit and decide this fan fiction wasn't for me. By then I had read as dirty, if not even more smutty fix than Fifty Shades. Like I said, I was too young. Flash forward a few years, y'all are reading that very thick on your podcast. So they um, keep reading and, or they keep writing and they talk about a, a fan fiction that they wrote titled Let Me Be Yours, um, which spoiler alert, um, I might be reading at the end of this Ooh. this podcast. Um, Sorry, Jen, you're gonna get dragged. <laughs> well, Jen says to to go easy, so it'll be listen. There'll be a it'll be a soft. Drag. It's a loving drag, the, a tender drag, the loving drag that we we do for friends. You know what I mean? That's all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Jen also sent another email about a question that we have touched on earlier. Cody, do you want to? briefly run through that one um because jen talked about like a, a question that we had briefly touched on on this podcast and apparently there's oh, an answer to yes. it and honestly thank god the, the hard-working journalists of our listeners yeah really they do the work for us. for us the question being several girls wanted to know if edward would have a more difficult time being around bella when she's having her period and the answer is yes a little bit but he would never say anything about it, uh, much too much of a gentleman, and Bella would be way too embarrassed to ask. It's not the same as cut, though. It's sort of dead blood, if you get my meaning. Which... <laughs> so apparently this, um, this question used to be on Stephanie's main FAQ, um, but oh apparently completely disappeared. So it's now... Oh archived on a website titled Twilight Lexicon, which we can we can tweet out. Um, but apparently it was answered. So thank I you can't, for that. I mean, I, I get it because it's a, a question that we've come to quite often in this podcast. Sure. It's a question a lot of people come to just because you're like, well, how does that work? Not that really anything makes sense in this universe, but that's crazy that it's like she got it so much that she put it on her main FAQ page yep. on her website. That was like, all right, guys, shut up. Like, this is it. <laughs> yeah. But also, what a terrible answer. <laughs> yeah, like, that's... He's too much of a gentleman. It's like, that didn't... That's not... So it means... that being part. He really did want to suck her diva cup. I, listen, yeah. We've been near that. We, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just... The fact Confirmed that she had that. to, like... Confirmed. Say that is a lot for me. Yeah, for sure. So... We have some we have some actual articles this week. I'm almost thinking that our screen rant articles <laughs> need to become a corner at this point. It's yeah, we, yeah, we are past corner territory. It's <laughs> corner city. We are here. I I want to take a moment and truly thank the the editors here at Screen Rant for yeah. providing us weekly content at this point to discuss. I don't know who it is, but thank you, truly. 
for this. This week's is Twilight, 20 Things That Make No Sense About Edward and Bella's Relationship. <laughs> Written, of course, by the Brit Poteet. And it's, you know, it's a listicle, but it's an important listicle. Are there any of these that stand out to you right away, Cody? Yeah, can I tell you my favorite? I would love to hear it. <laughs> it's number 16. Yes. Kissing Edward would be like kissing a rock. It's <laughs> very good. It's so good. It's very good. <laughs> um, I. It's just like, it's so good. I just, it's the like, most. yeah, all the time she just kept talking about him like being like a literal piece of marble. And we're like, how is that hot? And yeah, that's, she just kissed him the slab of rock. <laughs> Yep, I I love it. I love it so much. One of my personal favorites is number five. They name their kid Renesme. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, because why? And another one that I think is incredibly important, number two, Bella pushes Charlie aside for yep. Edward. Yep. Hi, welcome yep. to our podcast. <laughs> Hi. Uh, yeah, this person should be on our podcast. Yeah. Hey, Britt, <laughs> do you have feelings? Yeah. Let's chat. Because uh, yeah. it sounds like you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, this is this is a great listicle that has a lot of important feelings, a lot of important screen grabs too, I would say. And so yes, Screen Rant, thank you for doing the Lord's work, truly. So we have another one. Could you tell me about the, the insider piece that we have, please? And thank you. Um, I would love to. Thank you. It is your favorite type of listicle. Yes. We have, we've had that in now. The where are they now? Where are they now? Truly. But they're so good. Yeah, it's, yeah, they're good. Because, you know, we all like watching celebrities that are like, what, like, what the fuck is, like, this guy up to? Yes. Well, the people in Insider they are letting us know. But not really. Nope. Because all of the, like, now photos are several years old. Yeah. <laughs> At the most recent. <laughs> like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's so uh, one of note is this horrifying photo of Billy Burke. <laughs> it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. No, I nope, <laughs> no. <laughs> Mainly because it's a mood. I yes, it's a mood, but it's also like when you like look at yourself in the mirror and you weren't expecting it, or like you open your front ca- facing camera and you weren't really expecting to see what you saw, and you're like, oh. <laughs> like, I, that's kind of what that feels like. <laughs> the way that I like to think of it is when you have your laptop open and it suddenly goes dark and you <laughs> see just your, just your chin up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it feels like. Yep. It's um, for those haunting. not wa- looking at this photo with us. Um, well, first of all, his first photo is him wearing this like crazy necklace. He looks like Chris Angel. He looks. <laughs> he looks like Chris Angel. <laughs> yeah, he looks someone. He looks like someone who was really into Chris Angel, <laughs> but like, just didn't quite make it. Yep. And in the second photo, his hair is longer considerably. Also, really into um, Chris Angel. <laughs> <laughs> still into it but you know in like a more he's like a father now he's grown up he's like you know he's a different person yes he's, he's grown up but he does have a little a little clip in his hair <laughs> <laughs> it's the most beautiful thing i've ever seen <laughs> he looks like he just like let his kid go to town he's like yeah you know what yep <laughs> whatever i i have a red carpet to go to but you just go for it <laughs> it's go like he while. let siri choose his outfit <laughs> 
like, oh yeah, Siri, you want me to choose the peach and blue paisley tie that I have? Absolutely. You bet. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm confused by the look and I'm scared by the look. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very good. Uh, the other one of note, I, Kellen Lutz is also a bear now. Like, I, okay, it's fine. Yeah, thank um, God. Thank God. And Jackson Rathford. I know we talked about him a couple weeks ago about the ketchup tattoo. We have a, we have a Jackson corner now. <laughs> yeah. And I'm fine with it. I'm fine with having a Jackson corner. Um, I live in the Jackson corner. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let me live in the Jackson corner. The first photo is the scariest image because he looks like a porcelain doll. He looks like a haunted doll. A haunted doll. <laughs> Truly a haunted doll. He looks like something that I don't want to see through my window at night. <laughs> but something that he I... He looks like a little boy who's anamorphing into a ghost. <laughs> yeah, he's really not there anymore. Yeah, he's just halfway through, though. He's not quite yet a ghost, but he's no longer a boy. He is, like, the third photo in an Animorphs cover, though. Yeah. Like, for an owl, probably. But the second photo that they've chosen for him is not... It's it's every Instagram fuckboy that slid into your DMs. You don't even need to look at the photo. You just know who that is. Listen, he can still get it. I'm, you're not wrong. And I'm He's not snapped. disagreeing with that. Two C's. I'm just saying. like, Yeah, he does look like every man. Period. <laughs> I'm just saying. The facial hair is a lot. Yeah. And the glasses that every, every boy has. Literally every... Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. Does he wash his face? You know what I mean? Listen, none of this matters because he has a giant ketchup bottle. <laughs> yeah, <life>. exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, none of this matters. It's true. Um, but yes, so just think about that. Um, okay, we have a couple of other pieces of news to get through really quick. Um, Speed round. Yes. So, Stephanie Meyer's TV show. <laughs> things I never thought I would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, Down a Dark Hall is the name. And it's releasing on... TV, weird, on August 17th. Now, just throwing this out into the universe, if that is something that you would like us all to review, we could probably do that. Just let us know if you would like that to happen. Yes. Now, the last thing that I would like to talk about (laughs) is something that Cody and I started sarcastically talking about prior to recording, but we need to talk about now. Um, It started as a bit and turned into something far greater. (laughs) Something far more beautiful. Um, And it's that we we don't usually have sponsorships on here yet, um, but maybe soon. But one of the things that I think would be relatable for us soon would be, and I think that if you listen to any other podcast, you would know this, is a website called Adam and Eve. Yeah. Now, um... If you haven't listened to literally any other podcast in the world, Adam and Eve is a, like, sex toy online store. Um, And one of the things that I knew about them when I used to listen to podcasts years ago was their Fifty Shades of Grey collection, uh, which still exists as of three minutes ago. Yeah. And so Cody and I looked at it prior to recording and kind of lamenting at how beautiful they are. But one of the things that I think is important to note on here that I didn't know until we before we started recording um, 
is that if you ever were interested in, in picking up um, like a dildo or a butt plug um, that from this collection, but also were interested in literally picking up a hard copy of Fifty Shades of Grey, um, <laughs> you could do, do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, great. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Great. Capitalism is wild. <laughs> it's, I, what... <laughs> I have so many questions. Um, what was the one that you said there was words on it? I'm trying to look oh, for it right now. So there's a bullet vibe. It's and it says we aim to please. It's engraved on the side. Great. Or like, you know, like printed on the side or whatever. Great, great, great. In like a cursive font. Very good. It's bad. <laughs> it's great. Very good. Listen, I and um, I told I told Allie this before recording, but man, like everything about this collection is like really sleek and really pretty and like nice, but but it's fifty shades of gray. It's fifty shades of gray, and it's frustrating, right? Because it's like they have like a mauve collection in there, and they also the have... the mauve is so good. The mauve is beautiful, and then they also and have... it's like accented with the rose gold. <sighs> Ugh. It's literally gorgeous. And then they have yeah. they have like a standard kind of charcoal gray collection yeah. in there too. And then they have like that one butt plug that's like a fucking amethyst or not an amethyst color, but like a dark jade green color. Yeah. Um and they're they're really pretty and they look like I Adam and Eve is great. And so it's just frustrating that it's like, you know, it's from the Fifty Shades of Grey collection. So we don't have a code from them. Like we are not, this is not a sponsored episode by them. Um, but like literally on their website right now, there is a code for 50% off one item, which I just thought I would let you all know if you wanted it. Yeah, so, it. so if you wanted to, it's the word or the letter U um, and then get 50. So if you just put that code in, you could get 50% off one item. So look around, okay. enjoy. Um, they're great. Also, Bully Adam and Eve into sponsoring us. <laughs> yeah, because seriously, what I would, that would, I wouldn't buy the Fifty Shades of Grey collection on my own, but I wouldn't turn down that mob collection, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. great. Um, speaking of which, we should probably talk about this movie. I, yeah, I mean, I guess we should. So, there's, where do we even start? You know what I mean? There's so much here. There's so much. So we have, we asked for questions and we have a lot yes. of them, which we'll, yes. we'll kind of pop in as we go along. Cause this isn't like our usual episode of two chapters, right? So we'll go yeah. along with that. Um, but where would you like to start today? I mean, do you want to start like we generally start with like, what were your, what were your thoughts? Yes. How did you feel? Yeah. Why don't you, since you're fresh, you're fresh with this. Why I don't am, you tell me? I am fresh. I'm fresh off the 50 shades. Um, <laughs> it's not a great, not a great flick. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, it's hard. I'm, I feel like I keep trying to like compare it to like my experiences watching Twilight. Sure. It's hard to do it just because they, while they are the same thing, they're also very different. They are very different. Yes. But wow, they're <laughs> it's what I've never seen two people have less chemistry with one another. I, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> My entire life. I thought um, it was a joke. Because people yeah, made a lot of jokes like about that. Bit. Yeah. But 
Because I knew that that was a common thing going into this. Yeah. People were always like, oh, yeah, Dakota Johnson and Jamie Dornan, they hate each other. But, ooh, mommy. <laughs> and, like, I wasn't, there was never a point where I was, like, mad at the cinematography or, like, how it was directed or how it was done. Like, for the most part, it was, like, all that was just, like, fine. Like, it was just, like, a movie that had a lot of money behind it, so it looked good. Mm-hmm. It was just all in the performance of the, the bad, bad starting text, which is, there was un- unsalvageable. <laughs> right. Which, so I watched the unrated version. What did you watch? I don't think I watched the unrated version. Okay. So there was, there's some minor differences. I looked up the differences between like the theatrical version and then the unrated version. And they're like very minor. Um, Do we, here's a question. Do you see a dick? <laughs> no. No. Okay, that's the only thing that would have mattered to me. Why are you... Okay. Very good question. <laughs> Very good question. I was I was shocked, actually, by how... I mean, I, I guess I wasn't super shocked, but I was surprised by the fact that, like, how much of uh, what was actually shown was shown, because it still had an R rating, and it was still, like, a theatrical release, and it was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't NC-17 or, like, whatever, so all that stuff. So I was surprised with, like, how much was like visible and like not in like a weird way it was kind of like oh cool there's like a vagina on screen that's cool right right that's whatever not once did i see in ali's terms a peen anywhere stop Um, (laughs) no (laughs) there was even one shot i was so furious i don't remember what scene it was but there was i think it might have been one of the first times they were having sex if not the first time but like he turns her around and then the, it, the camera pans down, and you can see him, like, going in. And you're like, oh, it's gonna, like, you're gonna see his dick. And then by the time the camera's already down there, he's, like, inside her. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's, <laughs> what was the point of the shot? So I I posted in our, our Google Doc for you a, a link of the differences. So there's one a little bit, like, midway down um, yeah. of, like, the... The difference between the theatrical version and the unrated version. It's about 90 minutes in um, where they do a difference where instead of, in, I guess in the theatrical version, it just shows his butt. Um, and in the unrated version, they show like his pubic hair. And that's Ooh. that's the only difference is you get like a that's glimpse it, yeah. of his pubic hair, but you don't get dick in any of it. Yeah. And so I thought there were going to be, like, some huge differences in the fact that this is an unrated version. Um, right. And I think the main differences in looking at this is you get – you saw more of Dakota Johnson's breasts in this. Yeah. Um, and there's one scene with the flogger in the red room where he, like, slaps her vagina. And that's okay. that's really about it. Other than that, yeah, that's it. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, As far as overall thoughts about this movie, I, yeah, my, on content itself, I was genuinely surprised how much it stayed true to the book for the most part. I mean, we, there are a lot of differences, which we'll we'll talk about later, but for the most part, it, for plot wise, it was, it was quite true. And the chemistry was awful and it was very hard to watch. Um, one of the things that personally distracted me was just the differences in shots um, of, like, Seattle and Vancouver. So, like, it's just not accurate to how it's supposed to be here. And that just kind of took me away from 
the overall thing. It's like kind of like watching Grey's Anatomy. It's like this isn't this isn't real. <laughs> um, but I can tell you're trying, maybe. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but yeah, I would say for the most part, the chemistry yeah. was was hard to watch. But for the most part, I think the the book is a lot more insufferable as far mm-hmm. as consent goes um, yeah. and abuse. Whereas I feel like they tried to tone that down quite a bit for the movie, which is I think I think that's a good point in the sense of, and this could be like a, a larger talking point, um, of the fact that the book was insufferable and the movie was like, let's try to cut all that down right. into something that is possibly fine. Um, and I think they did that in a lot of ways, one being the emails. Yes. Because that was done in, like, kind of typical movie way, where it's like, you see it on screen, and then you're like, go see the other one, and whatever. And they're like, short, quick little, like, text messages almost, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and there's not the changing fucking, like, uh, headings <laughs> yeah. or whatever, subject lines. It didn't, doesn't take up, like, the entirety of the book or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, they also did it in the way of, like, which might have been a, a, a poor way of doing it, but the contract, yeah, because how it's brought up in the movie, it's that like it's a weird voiceover, like a weird haunting voiceover where he's reading it, right, and then she's just like doing a montage of like doing living her life and all these other things, which is was weird, but I guess was better than having it being read to me fifty times right. over the course of two hours. Yes, I agree. There, that is one of the ways too, and I think there were attempts in this movie to try and give Anna more agency than I think yeah. was shown in the book, and I think that that's because yeah. in the movie, I think even though it's supposed to kind of be from a first person perspective, it's it's hard with the movie because like this was still kind of third person, right. um, yeah. and so like she. In, and this is one of the differences, too, is, like, she has a little bit more technology experience. Um, so, mm-hmm. like, it's shown that she has a computer. It's just broken. Um, and, and those... Okay, but of- she also has a phone from 1994. That's true. Like, what <laughs> happened? Yeah. <laughs> what? I- I'm so fucking baffled every t- like from, uh, both in the book and in the movie what fucking time this is taking place in I agree it never makes any sense none of it lines up ever I couldn't tell in the movie if they were trying to keep it in 2011 or not because like they still set up the computer and so I was like okay is it 2011 but he has right. he had an iPhone instead of a Blackberry like there was a lot yeah. there was a lot that was happening there she was still texting like a dad like I don't I know. understand <laughs> I yeah understand. so that was also she was texting in the book she was only emailing like she did not use her phone or text in the book yep. ever so which was weird so weird it was very weird. yeah why and that was okay this was one nitpicky thing that i noticed he's like oh yeah con like email me if you have any questions and then she's like oh um i can't my computer's broken and it's like uh-huh. dude you're on your phone all the time why didn't you just get her a phone you can email on there it was the weirdest <laughs> yeah, you, thing turns out you can't email on your phone it was so weird but yeah so the I guess one of the things I could we could just talk about first is is some of the abuse stuff because it was kind of threaded yeah. throughout this. Um, yeah. So they do they do cut it down um, as far as some of yeah. the differences go because of the fact that like the contract and stuff too the the components about um, 
eating and exercising are not brought up really at all. Yeah. Um, like, he doesn't do the, like, you need to eat stuff right. throughout this. Um, and even the the doctor's appointment is far more covert in the movie. Yeah. Like, she, as she understandably so, makes a big deal about that in the book of, like, mm-hmm. sorry, I need to take birth control. Um, yeah. Whereas in the movie, it's just, like, okay, um, sorry, I can't have sex for four weeks. And he's like, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, so that was a, a thing, too. One of the things to keep in mind, because um, this was this was one of the differences, too, is, and I was kind of shocked that they did this, did this was the first spanking scene. Like, I expected it to be a little bit different than yeah. how it was. Um, yeah, I agree. And so I don't, I... I don't know how I feel about it, I guess. Because in the movie, the the first banking scene is supposed to happen, like, after her... Or, like, in the movie, it happens right after her graduation. Um, In the book, she's supposed to, like, have an orgasm, and she calls it, like, amazing and stuff. But when he leaves, she, like, starts crying and stuff, um, and they exchange emails, and she's talking about the fact that, like, she she doesn't really feel good about that. Um, but in the movie, they don't have sex and he doesn't come back. And so I feel like it didn't really set up the next speaking scene as much as it, it should have. Yeah, they seem like very, like, strenuously tethered things. Like, it wasn't, like, something that was building up to something. Exactly. It's like, these are two random events that happen. Yes. One thing to note, though, and I think this just kind of goes with, um... I saw when I was reading up about this, prepping for this episode, there were quite a few critiques that the movie doesn't actually have a lot of BDSM in it. Um, but yeah, and one of them was talking about like the the balls in the movie or in the book, sorry, and that's just like not in the the film at all. Yeah, and that could have been like an opportunity to show more of her pleasure. Yeah, and sure. I think that's that's a good question that I have for you. How did you feel like Anna's pleasure was represented in this film? Uh, not. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Poorly. Um, I, yeah, it's weird because I feel like it's hard to go from, like, being in her first-person perspective and, like, experiencing all of the things she's experiencing so intimately and so, like, detailed to going to something that has to be a lot more stripped down. It has to be a lot um, more cut down. Mm-hmm. But, like, even within fucking two two whole-ass hours of this film, there was- everything just felt really rushed, and everything just felt like- and I guess it's in- it takes place over a shorter period of time. Right. But it's still just kind of, like, really rushed. So I feel like there wasn't a lot of detail taken to, like, how she was reacting to stuff like this, and it was very just, just like, oh, isn't this, like, a, you know- quirky relationship like isn't this just like a weird kooky thing that they're doing right rather than being like how is she actually reacting to any of this and i think an important touching point on that too as far as representing her pleasure is that in the film we don't get her inner goddess no which thank god God. you imagine um she just like exists as like a hologram it's like someone (laughs) well i feel like the only way that they could have done that is her is like a voiceover like they did in twilight yeah which would have been awful the worst 
And so that, yeah, that would have been a hard pass. No, thank you. So there were a couple of big things that I think they chose to leave out. Um, one being, I think that they really cut down on the like stalkerish components of Christian. Um, but there are still definitely some, like he still goes to the bar, um, when she calls him, which by the way, um, it definitely felt like Dakota just kind of just like made up that conversation of calling him when she was waiting in line to go pee, which was very good. But so like Christian still tracks her there um, and like doesn't ask for directions to like take her home all these times and stuff. Um, so that still definitely happens. And like he still makes her like first class and all those things. Um, so that stuff is still there. But seeing as it they don't show the emails and stuff as much um, or like yeah. her job, like that stuff isn't right. There. They, they're not people. Like, I don't know anything about any of them. Nope. Just by watching the movie. Nope. Yeah, I... And I don't care about, like, the relationship, and I don't... I, there's no stakes. It doesn't feel like... It just feels like, oh, this... Cool, I'm just gonna have sex with this dude. That's it, I guess. Uh, oh, he has this room? That's weird, huh? Yeah, in... End of movie. <laughs> in the movie, I cared... I couldn't care less about Taylor... Which is a shame because in the in the sure. book I had, the homie yeah um, in the movie I couldn't care less about his brother or sister um, yeah which also his fucking brother weird but he just looks like the weirdest dude um, he do, yeah he does just look like a weird dude. very weird dude um, and also Rita Ora like hi what are you doing stop I <laughs> very very interesting family. Um, so strange. Yeah, I was very confused. The other thing that they chose to leave out, um, aside from... There's another thing that I want to talk about. They they chose to leave out the tampon scene. Yep. So, and I think it's for the best. Because that, that's... <laughs> it's, aw- like, it's awful. Yeah. Um, but I, I was reading about this and... Apparently, Sam Taylor Johnson, the director, said that it wasn't even on the table. Like, the, yeah. so I'm very curious. Like, that means that they had to talk to E.L. James about this. And I, mm-hmm. I'm just curious who who called E.L. James about out about this of like, yeah. hey, so why did you write this? <laughs> Say, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> yes, exactly. Is this? <laughs> yeah, it's awful. It's awful. Um, uh, another difference, I forgot until just just now uh mrs robinson (laughs) yeah yeah where the fuck was that i'm curious what her presence is going to be like throughout the rest of the series if at all yeah that yeah that is interesting um because so anna's jealousy throughout that is is still the same um because they still follow that plot of like at the end of the book there's still that like big thing that happens um that we don't know about and that's kind of how the movie ends too um but the the movie how did you feel about the ending of this movie by the way with them like in the elevator being like we're going to say our names again <laughs> <laughs> Christian. <laughs> but instead she's just crying. Yeah. Like, Fuck off. I mean, whatever. Like, 
<laughs> Stupid. Yeah. They kept in the part where he was like, what is it about elevators? Like, stop. <laughs> yeah, the elevators was the most. The ugh. So bad. It was so bad. The first time when they, not the first time, but like when they first start kissing in the elevator, she looked like the, she had straight up gotten electrocuted with how much they had teased <laughs> her hair. Yeah. It was yeah. so much. <laughs> I cannot. Um, I I was really frustrated when they did the gliding scene. Um, I thought it was really cute how much Dakota laughed. Like she looked so adorable. Yeah. But first of all, no Britney Spears. So rude. Rude. Um, like you've spent all this money on your soundtrack, which we'll get to. Um, yeah. But first of all, rude. And second of all, no IHOP. Yeah. What gives? That was like the best, not the like sex part, but like they went to IHOP and that was like the best <laughs> part of this book and you didn't go and do that. So rude. You didn't give me what I, oh, but a, another good thing though. Yes. I guess because we were cutting out a lot of these like tiny scenes and stuff. We didn't get her fucking horrible, horrible, horrible way of drinking tea. Oh yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I had to tell Chris about this when we got to that coffee shop scene about how much she likes twinnings and it was like oh my god (laughs) so embarrassing um that was one little bit during the photography scene when jose was like okay let's do one with smiling and he just like doesn't smile (laughs) it's very good they those like little additions there were some parts that were genuinely funny like they they gave anna some humor which was nice like yeah so i i found that she was kind of charming and funny yes um there was one addition that i think we should talk about um because apparently you have also italicized and bolded this on our list <laughs> which means that you have some feelings about it too um so as we know from the book christian and anna have sex in christian's butt um, I think it's during when he wants to, quote, rectify the situation of her virginity. Um, yep. And we see this scene when they pan up, and we see that Christian has a mirror above his bed. Now, we know that Christian does not sleep with anyone else. Um, and we- That's what I'm fucking saying! <laughs> <laughs> like, why is it there? It's obviously for him, right? Like he has to be. It's obviously to watch himself, right? It has to be like an exhibitionist kind of thing, and also a voyeuristic thing, where he just has a mirror above his bed, but he does not sleep with anyone in it, and never has, except for this one time. And he has this mirror above his bed. Anyway, yeah. All I can imagine is that he uses it for his own time. Yeah, and that's fine. Which is fine. In your truth. That's great. But I just, I feel like that's a weird addition to your home. If you're like, this is the bed where I don't fuck other people in it. Yeah. And I have a whole ass room that is the size of my house. Yep. Where I could put that in multiple times over. <sighs> but you know what? Nah, keep it in. I know, it was <laughs> just so put it bad. Here. It was so bad. Um, another addition that I thought was really weird. So... They, they changed up the negotiation scene of the contract a little bit. So Anna decided on having it as a business meeting. Um, it's so good. It's very good. Um, especially when they're, like, she gets out of the elevator and she's, like, walking and he, like, tries to put his hand on her back. And she's like, nope, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> nope, this is business time. <laughs> um, also, one of the things that I thought um, 
Chris and I were watching this together and he thought that it was very interesting because um, there's still a lot of like little business talks throughout all of this and it's still just like business, business, business. Um, it's just nothing. Um, but Christian is still supposedly doing telecommunications with a side of agricultural stuff and one of the things that they chose to do with that is have this huge ass panda art piece in his hallway and it's so extra um it's so funny so anyways they they're having this conversation about the contract anna does her typical thing of like what's a butt plug and then they come in with dinner now here's the thing and then they're lit up by this like sunset beautiful lighting oh the lighting in this scene primo yes so good it's a very good and it's the complete opposite of twilight which twilight is very blue yeah and for the most for the most part this movie is is very like gray um gross um but this scene in particular is beautiful it's very like red and and very gorgeous um it's hot it is it's it's very good now anna does her thing like she does in the book where she's like what if we had sex here um and then she just leaves it's so good um but i just want to think about this for a second they don't touch their dinner which is sushi so keep in mind there is lukewarm sushi smelling up this this conference room and christian gray wants to fuck on this table okay now he's describing the fact that he wants to bend her over on this table and there is the smell of sushi in here, okay? Now, keep in mind, what what makes you horny? What is a great, greater aphrodisiac than the smell of lukewarm California rolls? You know what I mean, ladies? Uh, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> lukewarm California rolls is probably the grossest phrase you could ever say. <laughs> that would turn anyone off, no matter of libido or sex drive. Like, that is uh, just immediately a boner kill across the board lukewarm california <laughs> i can't get that is why she left that business meeting it wasn't because she I didn't want to have sex it's because it smelled awful in there man this imitation crab is already rancid and we've been like it's sitting here for an hour yeah i can't Kristen, you're a billionaire you and you couldn't get real crab <laughs> this is where you draw the line yeah. No, it's <laughs> because your expenses. He's awful, and he prefers imitation crab to real crab because yeah, he's an true. awful person. Also, can you talk about how is this building is called Gray House? It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my whole life. I why? What does it have to do with any of the business that he does? It should have just been called business. Like I can't. <laughs> <laughs> this is the place where I do business. I fucking hate it. I hate yeah, it so awful. much. Like, even just, if it was just gray, I would have gotten it. Like, that wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought about it. Like, I wouldn't have thought, given it a second look. Yep. But the fact that it was called Gray House, I'm like, what does that mean? Why? Yep. I hate it. Why? I hate it so much. Yeah, um, it's bad. They're, <sighs> yeah, fuck. Um, okay, so there are a couple of other things that I, I want to talk about the production team on this for just a hot minute. Um, yeah. Because I, I saw the names when I was watching it, and I didn't know any of them. So in the process of looking at this up for today's episode, I I found some more information that I thought would be valuable to you. Because um, we we should probably note that this movie was released on February 13th um, of 2015. Hey. Um, hey. And I think, I, I do remember 
back then that 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 caused a lot of criticism and controversy of like the Valentine's Day release date. Um, and I think that it would be it would be who of us to to talk briefly about some of the the backlash of this movie because um, I do remember there were there was a lot of activism happening at the time for people to like boycott this film. Um, I don't remember any like specific organizations, but I do remember there were a lot of people, um, not only just like talking about the fact that there was like the sexual abuse and like the violence component of this. Um, but I, I think I briefly remember there being, um, some backlash about the fact that his name was Christian. Like, I think there was religious components to this too. Yeah, there must've been, there had to have been. So... I think there was that, and then also just, like, the irony of it coming out on Valentine's Day. Like, I think there was criticism from multiple areas um, from this at the time, too. Um, So I didn't know the director, Sam Taylor Johnson, prior to this. And so when I looked up her credits, the only thing that I could tell that she had done prior to this was Nowhere Boy, which was a a film about John Lennon. Um, So interesting selection to do for 50 shades (laughs) sure a a natural progression yes 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 um and then the screenwriter kelly marcel um did saving mr banks prior to this then did 50 shades of gray and now um the film that is being released this year that they have done is venom so what the fuck (laughs) <laughs> what is that progression? Yeah, what a varied portfolio. Mm-hmm. So the one that you are clicking on right now um, is the the casting choice that I, I want to talk about most of all of these. So we, we talked about this before, the fact that we were kind of both shocked that Rita Ora was in this. I did not know prior to this that, that Marsha Gay Harden was in this, and I, I love Marsha. Yeah. Um, one of my personal faves. And I think that we have kind of briefly talked about some of the options, like the casting options for, for Christian and Anna. Um, some I, I knew prior to this and, and some I didn't. Um, one that I aggressively didn't, and I don't know if you knew this prior also, was that E.L. James wanted Robert and Christian. Um, <laughs> like, he, she wanted Robert as Christian, yeah. So much. <laughs> I don't understand. I no, I don't get it. I I do like. I, I'm only reading this headline. I'm not actually. You don't need thing. to. Uh, yeah, so you don't need. I don't need to. I don't need to. But it's basically saying that um, they didn't go with that. I mean, probably for many reasons, but the main one being that if they cast did Robert and Kristen. That would be weird. Yeah. But I think it's funny that even in 2015, they were like, oh, well, if they're, if Robert's in a movie, Kristen has to be the other lead. Yeah. Like, that's how movies work. Yep. Have you heard of movies? That's what movies are. Yeah. They they can only be cast together. Yeah. Yep. Robert has again have another love interest. That's not. Yes. You're thinking of something else. You're not thinking of movies. Right. Um, so that, that is amazing to me. And I, I cannot imagine having watched this. Um, the idea of, of Robert Pattinson holding a flogger. Um, I'm just, listen. Now, Kristen holding a flogger. Yes. I'm just. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Now, can you imagine 
if they were like, yes. <laughs> if E.L. James was like, I want Robert and Kristen in this film. And they were like, okay. But they had cast Kristen <laughs> as Christian and Robert as Anna. That would be the best movie I, I, I would have ever seen. Agreed. Agreed. Speaking of positive things about this, because there aren't there aren't many, but we <laughs> we did get some questions about this. Um, and so, and I think we'll we'll probably get to the questions at the end of, of things that maybe we haven't gotten to yet. Um, sure. But I want to talk about the music of this briefly. Yes. Because this is one of the things that I did know about this movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't know yeah. not I didn't know everything that was on here, but I did know that it was Bob's. Um, mainly that I knew, um, Ellie Goulding's song on this, and I knew, um, fucking Beyonce's song on this. Like, I knew the remix of Crazy in Love. And that's it. And so to go into this and to know, like, to do the research and know that, like, this was the one thing that they cared the most about. Like, they took their $40 million budget and they basically put that into the, the soundtrack is wild but like it's a good choice um yeah but it's very interesting and so they from what i researched about this like they they went to beyonce first like as you do um (laughs) but to see they they quoted the i think his name is mike knoblock who's the president of film music at universal and mike said about Beyonce, quote, she thought it was an opportunity to do something that aligns nicely with her brand and agenda. And that is beautiful <laughs> to me. Now, ag- agenda is a very nice word here. Yes. Um, mainly because... She's like, well, I have a career plan and this is just a stepping stone yes. to get there. So I'm looking at this track listing for the, the Fifty Shades of Grey soundtrack and most of it is, is Beyonce... There's some Sia, there's some Ellie Goulding, um, and yep. then The Weeknd, obviously. Yeah. And then they they chose Danny Elfman as their composer on this, which I think is a fucking wild choice. It was, uh, seeing that in the opening credits, I lost my fucking mind. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, because- What do you mean? I only know Danny Elfman. The father Elfman. of every score well, ever? And mm-hmm. like- Danny Elfman, I only associate with Tim Burton. And yeah, so to, yeah. to take Tim Burton and b- put him into Fifty Shades of Grey, it's like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Um, then he's just like, yeah, Tim Burton just lost his sexy edge, you know what I mean? I just had to, like, <laughs> do something else to get Right. It's the wildest thing. Um, so, yes, it's very, it's very interesting the I'm very happy with some of the music choices that they did on this, mainly because when I think of like, I don't know, there are some there are some sexy bops on here. Um, yeah, like, and I do remember this music. Like this crazy in love remix is is oh, very yeah. good. It was everywhere. Yeah. Um, and God, that love me like you do song was everywhere. You could yep. not yep. get away from it. And so yes, it's. I remember this, and it it did its job because I think when I was doing the research about it, um, they they released it like a a little bit over a week before the the movie came out, and I remember mm-hmm. Beyonce like promoting it a little bit earlier than that too, and so it was just yeah, it was everywhere, uh, which yeah. is very good. 
Um, so good things. There aren't many, but that one was good. Um, yeah. So quickly, we have some questions. See if we haven't covered any of these yet. Um, okay, so we got one from one of our patrons, Sophia, who asked us to keep a list of our top five most awkward moments or lines from this film. <sighs> um, I mean, number one, yes, for me, was the 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 fact that. His brother says later's baby, and then quite literally ten seconds later, if that Christian says later's baby, and they're just so smug about it. Yep, and it's disgusting. It's horrible. Yep, I agree. I wanted to shed my skin. It's I don't want to be here anymore. There's it's a big difference when you read it, yeah, versus when you know that you have to hear that. Out loud. Yeah. Yeah. So hard pass. Um, there was, uh, there's so many awkward mm-hmm. lines. Um, I, I know that I can't give the whole movie. Um, there's a point I didn't like the, um, this one isn't necessarily an awkward one. Um, sure. I just found it kind of funny. Um, uh-huh. was <laughs> when she's at the bar and she Christian shows up and she's like, oh my God, I'm going to puke. <laughs> Just because that's me always. Um, yeah. If I saw Christian, I think my immediate reaction would be to do That's that. also every time that he like surprises her or catches her off guard in this film. Like, she's always doing something, turns around, and just like, ha! It's like, yeah. like a little spooked. And every scene, like when she's uh, dancing and making breakfast, she turns around, gets spooked. When she's like in her room doing her laundry, Christian comes in with like fucking wine and she gets spooked. Can we talk about every time how dead in the eyes he looked throughout all this? Because he's. I. I listen, I think there would have been other and probably better casting choices, but the fact that he is quite literally a robot. <laughs> it fits so well. <laughs> like, it sold it, but also it was just so bad. There was a point, I think, when. Anna was talking to her mom and was like, um, something about like, I love this human or something. And I was like, what? <laughs> He's not human. Um, it was the weirdest Yeah, thing. that's what you're supposed to love, right? Humans. Yeah, it was so weird. Um, like he could be, he could not be making eye contact at anyone in any scene and it would read exactly the same. One of the casting choices that I saw when I was researching it today was Theo James. And I was like, Fuck me. If this had been Theo James, I would have lost my goddamn mind. Okay, hear me out. This is not on the list, but this is on my list. Army Hammer. Okay, Chris literally said that yesterday, and I think that's the best choice for this, right? It's really good because, A, I'm, I, listen, I don't know if it was a person, so I'm going to razz him a little bit, but in everything I've seen him at, he's just kind of a dick. Right? But really hot. He's got those fucking thighs. Are you kidding me? Unreal. And he plays like a good asshole businessman. Yeah, he plays a great asshole that's just like really condescending, but like he's still sexy, so it's fine. Yes. That's Christian Grey. Right. I agree. Yeah. I I think that that would have been the better choice out of all of them. Um, Yeah. There was another really awkward scene that I wanted to mention here, and I can't remember it because that's how my brain works. Um, I think 
one of them that I wanted to talk about that I found really awkward um, was... I mean, aside from, like, the elevator conversations, um, I think the one that I found the most awkward was the interview scene. um, Yeah. Because of the fact that she just reading all of those questions. It was awful. It's so much more intense in the movie than it is in the book. Agreed. Because, like, she's really, like, a fish out of water in the movie. Where she's just, like, clearly has not read any of these questions beforehand and is just, like, going through and is, like, being like, uh, how did you come to your success? Like, how did you make all this money? And, like, there's one point where he's like, do you have a question for me? And I'm like, I thought that was so funny. Like, damn. (laughs) Dude. And she's like, yeah, uh. Are you kidding? Yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was very great. Yeah, it was so intense, though. I was just kind of like, oh, fuck. All right. We got a question that was, what scene was our favorite? For me, I think it's a tie between still when she says that she can't have sex for four weeks after the birth control. Just because I think that that's funny. I think it came off funnier in the book because in the movie she still has to say the like, oh, I'm kidding. Um, Right. Oh, you thought. Yeah. Or I honestly probably that one because there weren't a lot of good ones in here. Um, yeah, the only I I laughed out loud when she said the Xbox line. It's yes! so fucking funny. Yes! Oh my it's god, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. Probably that one. Yeah. My and also uh, just like her them going into the red room for the first time, and he's just kind of like weirdly following her. Yes. And he's like very close to her. <laughs> she looks something. She's like, he's like, that's called a fucking. <laughs> it's like, all right, dude, back off. And then he, she's still walking, and he's like, say something. <laughs> He's so weird all the time. Anna, Anna, I need you to say something. That felt very reminiscent of Twilight to me. That scene. It was so annoying. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I... God, the Xbox scene. And just seeing... God, just seeing the sex genes in media res. Stop. Yeah. It was a lot. (laughs) With my own two eyes. It was a lot. Um, Burned into my corneas. (laughs) One of the things that Chris brought up that I think is important um, was, do you think that he bought those distressed or do you think he bought those as like regular jeans and distressed them through sex? Stop. No. I, it's a real question. <laughs> uh, I don't. Uh, I think, well, I think my initial one would be that he had jeans and he just like fuck so hard on them all the time that they just became fuck jeans. But I also like the idea of him being like, man, I gotta stop ruining all of my pairs of jeans. I gotta, like, set out one pair of jeans. I gotta buy one pair of jeans that I'm just gonna ruin. Yeah. What if... God was one of us? <sighs> Damn it. <laughs> all I can imagine is one of these times with his... I love the fact that you called them fuck jeans and not sex jeans. Um, with his sex jeans, <laughs> he ripped them on the butt crack. And he, <laughs> that's yeah. that's the only thing I can think of is because, like, he's doing a lot of, like, moving and grooving in those jeans. It's, yeah, you got to breathe, you know? Or, like, with my jeans, you know, because I have big thighs, <laughs> I always get the, the thigh parts get rubbed yeah you know and so i feel like he would get really picky about they need to be a certain amount of distressed but not too distressed um and so i feel like that would get to a point where he'd he'd rip them too much he'd be like damn it and then he would have to go get (laughs) another pair of of sex jeans Uh, also 
there's just a lot of good butts in this movie. There is. There is a lot Every of butt good was butts. a good butt. Every butt I saw, good butt. There was. There was a lot of good butts. And I felt like the sex scenes that they had, it wasn't... I felt like they were shot pretty well. Like, yeah. it it wasn't... I don't know. I, I felt like, yeah, that's a body. You know, like, it wasn't... Right. Like, we're going to do an extreme close-up on this nipple. Like, it wasn't... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't feel like you know, softcore porn or something. It was just yeah, like... they just seemed like regular movie sex scenes. It was yeah. like... Because the ones that got the major amount of um, attention were like when they actually like have sex or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like the BDSM stuff is kind of shoved under the rug for most of it. Right. Until like that last scene, that last um, sex scene where she's like blindfolded and tied up or whatever. Right. But like for the most part, it's like... This is just a sex scene. Yeah. This is just to be loving sex. Right. Yeah. I think more than most of these, it's just that there is a quant, like there's a bigger quantity of sex. But yeah. it's not like there's, the sex scenes are any different than movies that you have to right. see. Right. Um, oh my God. Okay. Before, before we wrap up on this conversation, the one thing that I wanted to talk about, um, because Anna, like as usual, right, she's, she's never masturbated before and she's never like looked up these, all these sex scenes. Can we talk about the fact that she wears white underwear for a second? (laughs) Because that is the most Anastasia steals shit I've ever. It was like looking at a 70 year old grandma. (laughs) I just, yeah. white bras are just not effective like i know when i was 11 like my first like listen i get it you know what i mean yeah but that is just not effective for anybody you know no and so when i saw it i was like god fucking of course they did and like the white um sub room you know what i mean it was just like they were very heavy-handed on some of those metaphors. It's like, hey, do you get it? Do you get it? Do you it's get? Because she's so missing. I know. It was so gross. Do you get it? It's just like, just smack me over the head with this like virginal stuff. Like I got it. But literally. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. Yes. So, final thoughts on the movie. Where do you think it's gonna go from here? For, I wish I had any fucking idea. Where are the guns? <laughs> Where do they come from? <laughs> I just want to know. I don't understand. I what if what if it's Mrs. Robinson? She's gone loose. She's got guns now. <laughs> Is she made of guns? She's hey. I mean, I didn't bring that up, but I do like that idea. I like where your head's at. <laughs> How did they? I have so many more questions now. I. Sorry, my brain just came up with what if God was made of guns, and I just need to just say that. <laughs> I just need to say that. I, I, I couldn't keep it. It's, no, I'm thank like, you for sharing. Thank you. <laughs> now, does that still fit the melody? Yeah. What if God was made of guns? <laughs> now, listeners, I need you to cut yeah. that because I need it for my ringtone, please, and thank you. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> Research. <laughs> <laughs> I need it for science. Um, yeah. Okay, so next week, um, we have a new book, so that means y'all go to your library, go to your thrift yeah. store, make it happen. Support your support your people. Yeah. You know? Next week, we are reading Fifty Shades Darker, chapters one and two. <laughs> Great. Buckle up. Buckle up, boys. Because the guns are here. 
<laughs> the guns are coming. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just guessing. I, maybe. What if they never come? What if we just miss saw guns the first time? And I've just been talking about something that has never been there. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Um, until we find out, though, I want to take a second and thank our patrons. Um, yeah, yeah. So I want to thank Shannon Clearwater, who is... Um, Shannon Clearwater is the random pouring down rain that was supposed to be happening in mid-May throughout this whole movie. (laughs) Uh, Shout out to Katie Weber, also known as uh, the drunk girl at the bar who was listening to Anastasia Steele call Christian Grey. That was so good. And and just try to be supportive. (laughs) Yeah, when she turned around and she was like, I told him, right? (laughs) Yes. So good. It's like, girl, whatever. I, <laughs> that was such a mood. Okay. No, that was a good scene because she was just kind of, she was <laughs> on the phone and she was just like, you know what, Christian, you can take those books back because uh, I already have editions of those books. So whatever. Oh my God. It was so funny. Um, okay. And I want to thank Simon Steele, um, our Ooh. newest patron, who yeah. is the random geek squad guy who apparently <laughs> set up the MacBook Pro, but also hacked into all of Anna's emails. <laughs> um, so that was very good. Yeah, extremely good. Okay, so the fan fiction this week is from our email friend, yeah, um, yeah, Jen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, who said to go easy... Um, yeah. Well, so always they. So Jen sent the summary for this too. Um, so I will read that for you now. Um, the summary. An, oh, okay. So this was written in April 2011 too. So keep that in mind. Um, the summary is: Leah knows that anything can happen, good or bad. So why does it hit her so damn hard when she loses the best part of her life, Embry? One shot rated M for language and mentions of nudity. Oh, I'm so excited. This is like so long. Um, Jen like copied this into a document and it's like six pages. So wow. Okay. Since when do you call me call? He asked without fear of retaliation. Leah snarled at this and raised her hand angrily, curling it into a fist and throwing it at him as hard as she could. He stumbled backwards, blinking a few times in obvious shock. This gave her a sick sense of pleasure. He flexed his jaw and then opened his mouth again, as if to speak. The fucking son of a bitch had the nerve to speak to her after what he did. The hit she threw at him was the same hit she was taking emotionally, and she wanted him to know that. He knew exactly what seeing Emily and Sam had done to her. He knew that she was angry and pissed as she was to admit, fragile. She had gotten betrayed by two of the most important people in her life. Foolishly, she had let Embry into her soul and heart and mind and body and trusted him. And then he went imprinted. He imprinted on another woman. He did exactly what Sam had done, exactly what Jake had done. Embry had knocked down every wall she'd built to protect herself, managed to become a shield and a safety. And then he left her standing alone and in the cold with no one to turn to and nothing to protect her. And scene. Wow. It was like good. That was fine, yeah. You, Jen, you were so worried, and that was like good. Jen, God damn. Jen, Jen, have you forgotten the filth that we've read on this podcast? Do you remember like the toaster? <laughs> I, do you remember the pencil dick, Jen? Oh my God. 
You ah, said it this yeah, time, baby. not me. Yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. my God. Listen, it always haunts my... I can never forget it. My soul. No, <laughs> never, never. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> what was I saying? Seattle. For real this time. For real. Get it. Truly. You should start saying it now, though, because you oh, live there. Anyway. I love that. Okay, yes. All right. As we say in Seattle... Wait, do you say... Oh, get it. <laughs> get whipped. Yeah. Ooh. Ew. This is an Earbud Media production. You can find us on Twitter at Earbud Media and listen to the rest of our shows. You can find this show on Twitter at Into the Twilight, as well as Into the Twilight.show. You can send us an email at Into the Twilight Show at gmail.com. You can also become a sponsor of the show or buy some merch at Into the Twilight.bigcartel.com. Our art is done by Maddie Padilla, who you can find at Your Ghost Host 44 on Instagram, and our music is done by Eli Krauss, you can find at Eli Sauerkraus and Krausfilms.com. The intro and outro is by KB Smith, you can find it kb underscore underscore smith on twitter you can find ally on twitter at into wild places and you can find me at dyke discourse you've been listening to earbud media production earbud media audio for everyone